You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And Clint is back from Vegas. Back from Vegas. Oh my God, it was such a great trip. I, I love going to Vegas, man. It's a uh, Texas poker has become way, way better in the last several years. Uh, and I'm like, well, do I need to go to Vegas that much? And then I go to Vegas. I'm like, oh God, Vegas is still Vegas. It's kind of funny because I could see it's kind of that bittersweet back from Vegas. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, like happy to be, happy to go. Kind of sad to leave though, right? Oh, absolutely. It's uh but I will say this is really great. If you are thinking of going to Vegas, go. Like it is back. I mean, like it's all the COVID restrictions and all that. They are gone. Uh, it is packed in Vegas again. It's packed downtown. It's packed on the Strip. It's a. Uh, you remember when we were watching those earlier vlogs? And, like, it was just dead. I mean, it would look so creepy. It is not that way anymore. It is in full force. Right. And also, I remember when you and I went when it was dead and we were the only ones on the strip, um, the plexiglass is gone, which was a gigantic deal for you. I know you hated that. So I hated it so much. I hated it so much that when I came back and I was playing in mask, it didn't even matter. Uh, to me, it just killed the social aspect of the game, which is one of the aspects I really like. I like, you know, just talking shit. I like, you know, meeting new people uh, and all of that. So, I mean, in, in those plexiglass, you could not hear anybody or anything. You felt like you're in a little jail cell. It was horrible. Like, around South Point and Caesars, where it was only on your uh, sides, it wasn't the worst. But everywhere else, it was just awful to me. It was to the point where I just, I would rather do things other than play poker. It kind of felt like you were in a fish tank, right? All the fish are back in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. And like I say, I, just, I might as well play online poker because it was just killed everything about it. Oh, I, you couldn't hear the person next to you. I mean, not at all. So, mm-hmm. so I know all the plexiglasses down, which I was concerned about. When I didn't know when it would come down. It was down way before our trip. Uh, and all the tables. I mean, I think some are still like eight-handed, but... All the tables are running full enough that, I mean, you don't even notice anything. So what's the first thing you did when you arrived in Vegas? So, okay, so I stayed at the Flamingo the entire time. I always stay here. It's uh, kind of my home in Vegas because it's just a great location. It's cheap and a great location, and I've never had any issues there. Uh, I go and check in, and then a friend is already there, and I he's playing at Caesar's Palace, so I go over to Caesar's Palace, which has always been one of my favorite poker rooms. I think it's highly underrated on the Strip, and go and play. And I tell you what, not a warm reception, because that, that uh, poker game I set in was the nittiest game I might have ever played in. Uh, a pre-flop raise for me in Texas... It's getting called by everybody on the table. There might be people coming from off the table just to call without cards. Uh, there, a preflop raise, taking it down 75 to 80% of the time. So I was getting $4 at a time very quickly, but it was definitely not a profitable session at $105. Did you find down. it weird, like, 
to tip the dealer or anything? Did you see a lot of players tip the dealer a dollar out of the four dollars? Uh, not out of the four dollars. It's, and I'm all about tipping the dealer, but when you when it's like under ten dollars. I mean, half that money, a lot of times, five of it's mine that I put in the pot. So I'm only winning $5. A dollar is now 20% of your winnings. I feel like you should always tip the dealer and take care of the dealer. But if it's a pot under $10, I mean, it's just too big of a percentage of the pot. You just, you know what? It's going to have to be a bigger hand for me. Right, but all right, so we'll continue. So Super Nitty Table, what happened to you? Uh, that, that session ended down, uh, uh, like a down $105, uh, which Caesar's Palace, I think, can be kind of nitty. It's a, uh, it gives more tier credits than any other, uh, casino on the Strip. So a lot of locals will come there and grind out, like, a diamond, uh, like their diamond card and stuff like that and just play, like, very cheap pots, I noticed. Because I've kind of noticed that at Caesar's Palace quite a bit. But I have been in some really good games at Caesar's Palace too, so it's it's like every other game, it's hit and miss. Uh, but it's very open, and I love like kind of people watching. I mean, grinding poker can be fun as hell and boring as hell at times, and I want to be able to see out in the casino. And Caesar's Palace is one of the places you really can. You can see right into the sports book, right? You can see right in the sports book. You're kind of off that main hallway. Uh, where everybody's walking to Omnia and all that. So it's really a cool, like, people-watching experience. I notice a lot of people hate that. Uh, So it's very dependent on what you like. If you like a poker room that's all by itself, tucked away in the corner, got one for you coming up. But uh, (laughs) it's uh, Caesar's Palace is a little bit more open, and to me, I personally like that a lot. But we play that night over there, and it's kind of a crappy game. Uh, And then the next day... So I've been to Vegas a ton of times, as you know. I love going, and I've been almost everywhere. But there's three main poker rooms in Vegas, Aria, Bellagio, and The Wynn. I've been at Aria a ton. I've played at Bellagio quite a bit. I had never been to The Wynn, not even one time. So I told my friend, I'm like, I want to go there. I want to make sure to make a note of that I'm going to play there because I've just... Never seen it. Never seen anything about it. And it's uh, one of the most popular rooms in Vegas. So we go there. And the second day is just an absolute blast. The ga- the game is way better than Caesars. Uh, and they have a $1,600 buy-in tournament going on. I saw every poker celebrity like I just that I really like to really like. Adam Rude, the vlogger, him and Grace came to the table. Uh, he didn't play. Grace did play on the table, even though it was only for like 15 minutes. Uh, I'm taking a piss in the bathroom. I turn, and I'm wa- I go to wash my hands. I took look to my left. The other guy washing his hands is Spraggy, uh, who's way taller. He's way taller in real life than uh, he looks on the stream. <laughs> that dude is like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, at least. Uh we, I say hi, and he's a really cool guy. He talked with, uh, talked for a, a couple minutes. Uh, I mean, it was just everything. Uh, Jamin Burton ran into him outside of the poker room. Uh, just I saw Greg Raymer walking by. Just a ton of superstars. 
Did you see Brad Owen? I saw he posted that he was in that tournament. I heard he was, but I never saw him. He's one of the, he's one of the few like like big uh, poker like that everybody knows that I did not see. So, but it was a really cool table, a really fun table. The guy on my left kind of kept up with it, and we were talking about like different people that were there. Uh, the game was a lot better. Uh, the hands that kind of defined that session. I'm kind of like it's kind of early in the session. I've gone up like a hundred dollars. I have Ace King. I raise. I get three bet by someone who's playing. You know, probably a little bit tight, but nothing crazy. I have Ace King. Me and you know, like if I have Ace King, it's a really big blast off for me. <laughs> uh, I look at four betting, but I'm like, if I four bet, it's gonna be an awkward stack size. I think he raised it like sixty five. Uh, I think he's got 220 behind or something. So I just shove all in. Uh, feel really good when he doesn't snap call. He tanks forever and a day. And then he ends up making the call with jacks. So, uh, and then end up hitting a king on the flop. And just to show how tight Vegas is for 1-3 versus uh, Texas, everybody's like, Ace King, how? Why are you doing that? He's literally like, it's not a tournament. You don't do that in cash game. I'm like, this dude does. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a uh, definitely. You, I mean, I'm not getting rid of this, especially at the stack sizes we are. We're gonna do battle if I have Ace King. Oh yeah, like I always tell him, just call. We can run it once. <laughs> <laughs> we did, and I scooped. Uh. So it was a really cool experience. The win is a beautiful poker room. You definitely have to go there. Get the watermelon juice. Uh, that, that crap was amazing. Uh, another. Oh. What did you think about that walk? Kind of like, if you don't know where you're going and you end up on the wrong side of the casino, that poker room can be pretty far. Oh, yeah. Because I went through, I think the win, it's actually at Encore. I didn't even realize there were two separate buildings, I think. I'm uh, not sure. I mean, it seems like it must be for how long that walk is, but... It was a long-as-hell walk. I think that was before I started using the bus a lot uh, and walked all the way down there. And, I mean, my feet, my dogs were barking. They were... <laughs> I could not wait to sit down. And then I got there, and it, it wasn't real crowded. I was like, God, this room is not bumping at all. And later, it was crowded as hell. But uh, they did, I waited for a game, although it was only for, like, probably five minutes. Uh... And then, uh, let me see what other hands. Oh, there was a guy who's... So, have you noticed, like, a lot of these poker, like, especially younger, like, 20, like, let's go 25 and under. Uh, and you can tell they're trying to be pros, but they act so awkward at the table. Like, they have no social skills whatsoever. Have you seen these people? Oh, yeah, definitely so, so those it's, people. So it's one of these guys. He keeps bouncing around the table. Uh, he's like, I'm going to move here, and then I'm going to move here. And he ends up on my left. Uh, and he doesn't, like, respond to people talking, or he's just – the whole table's friendly, and he just keeps, like, throwing weird comments that don't have anything to do with the deal. And I'm like, I'm like you can actually be a friendly social guy and actually still be good at poker. You do not have to be a robot. I mean, I did not know what was going on with this dude. He'd stare at you really weird whenever you're in a hand. I'm like, I, I don't... Dude, I mean, 
it's not making you any better to be like this. So we get in a hand, and it was really, uh, I think it was a bet, a call. He checks the turn, as do I. And then on the river, I end up with like seven high on of diamonds or whatever and a pretty big pot with him. Because I'm sure I raised pre-flop, raised the flop, uh, call. And then uh, when he shows kind of weakness on the turn, I'm like, well, this is not going to go for good for him on the river unless he calls. And uh, <laughs> yeah. the river comes, <laughs> and I make the bluff and sh- and then show. And that was a... Uh, that was pretty good, cause I, especially like the type of player who you can tell is just kind of arrogant and like, you know, being like anti, super antisocial and all that. I was like, ooh, this is hilarious. I think you just said my new favorite catchphrase. What's that? <laughs> this is not going to go good for him unless he calls. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, a great one. Uh, so we can do battle here and there. Uh, and we get in a couple, I get in a couple hands where I just make hands and I end up profitable about $600 at the win. Yeah. Did you thank him for his money? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, man. Uh, we get, and then what well, was, what happened there? Uh, kind of battled back and forth, but I hadn't eaten at all. And I'm like, everybody, I'm like, where's something that where to eat? So they point these places, but like, there's no real food court at the win. It's all like kind of higher end restaurants, and everything was kind of already closed. It was getting like around eleven or whatever. So I've been going. I I went and tried to get food for a while, but couldn't end up getting anything that I want. So my uh, buddy that I was playing with, I was like, I'm hungry, and I've been wanting to check out this World Resorts Casino that just opened up on the Strip with a new poker room for a while, anyways. Uh, I end up. Going over there, which again is another decent. I mean, it's on the same side of the strip, but it's still that uh, a decent walk. So I go over there, and then once you get in there, I had no idea where I was going, which made it even <laughs> further walk because that casino is freaking huge, super nice, a huge row of like Rolls Royces, and just everything's super high end in there. It's very nice. Go to their really expensive, overpriced food court. And get some really good chicken. Uh, we meet, and then uh, my buddy meets over there, and it was like I say, it was really just kind of checking out the casino and everything. We go to the poker room, which again is super nice, and you can tell it's getting like a lot more action. Like a lot of people are just going over there to check it out, like a lot of non pros and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's pretty. It's really nice. This one is really good if you want to be off to the side. Like, it's kind of loud in there from the music over the World Resorts. But it's, like, off of a hallway where nothing's going on. So if you like just poker and like to not see anything, this is actually kind of the room for you. It's like, you really can't make out of it. Really, nothing's going on other than the poker. Uh, It's really cool. I saw Trooper. Was that that wasn't his meetup game though, right? That that did, wasn't his meetup game. His meetup game's at the West Gate. Gotcha. Okay, so you saw Trooper. Uh, was he playing, or did you just see him at the casino? No, I saw him playing. He was uh he was there. I went and said hi. He's like oh I was like he really good blog whatever. And I find it always weird to meet people. <laughs> well, I, I always find it awkward to meet people who you know a lot about and do, they have no idea who you are. But I mean, he was a nice guy. I could and uh. 
I'll go in and end up playing it. I gotta wait for a seat for a minute. And my buddy ends up on his table. So I I'm playing for like four or five hands. I can tell the table is just kind of half ass. And I see a seat open up over there. It's the Rider Trooper. So I go over there and I'm like, so I'm like, hey, can I get that seat? My buddy's over at that table. And they're like, hey, if it's open, go for it. The poker poker room people seem like, whatever. Whatever you want to do, you, you have at it, man. <laughs> like, if your buddy is trooper, you go ahead. So I walk over there, but I make sure I say, hi, Scott. I'm like, back, whatever. Because I'm like, I don't want this guy who on the vlog to be like, this stalker is now going to my table and sitting directly next to me. <laughs> so. Cut to you just waving at him. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm next to you. Uh, so we go and play. And, I mean, you want to talk about a super soft game that I lost money at. I mean, people had no idea what they had. Just all kinds of random crap that is going on at this uh, table. Uh, it was just a super soft table. Got murdered. Uh what is this? I end up horribly. <laughs> so I play Ace King, and we know I like to blast off with Ace King. Right. This is about to go to the fucking moon. <laughs> uh, so he he raises I three bet pretty high because I think there was a bunch of limpers and then his ray raise. He calls, and we end up in a pretty big pot. I completely whiff the flop. It goes... I end up betting into him because I'm like, well, I have aces and kings here. He does not. Uh, did not seem to be a great flop for, you know, his range. It seemed like a better flop for my range. I still have all the aces. I still have all the kings. It was a pretty dry board. Uh... I bet about half pot hoping to take this down. He then shoves over the top for me. So I'm sitting here with ace-king high. But the problem is, that with the pot being so big, and my my uh, bet having to be so big, I think it was like 100 Uh We ended up in like a $200 pot, pot free flop. Uh, I now, it's like, 230 to call and I went about 550 if I if I take it down. So I know I'm nowhere near ahead. I know I'm horribly off. But I also feel like this is a pocket pair almost every time and ace king is going to be good here almost every time. I don't think a set if would ever hit, play there. Right? Yeah, if I hit. <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely a big if there. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, uh, he, uh, I debate about it. I tank about this forever and a day, and I feel like the odds are pretty close. I don't think it's a huge mistake if I call, and I don't think it's a huge mistake if I fold. I mean, me and you went over this hand later, and later said that either like a check or a down bet would be a lot better here right i like the down bet um to give you a chance to get away because i feel like um because i thought what happened was you made it 60 pre he called the six you made it 60 on the flop which then you you know when you start off with 300 i mean it's kind of that's true that might have been like that might have been that sounds that, about right but because uh, mm, that puts you in a kind of a weird I think spot I'm, i think somehow it got bigger pre 
Because I, if I had bet 60 there, I could have gotten away from it. But I ended up, like, the the flop bet was close to 100. I'm not sure what exactly happened in that in that uh, deal. But I do know it was a bigger flop bet. But, like, if I could down bet, like, maybe 50 or 60 in this, which I could do with aces on a dry flop. Right. Uh, I could get away here. So this is probably the lesson to take away is that's a really good spot for a down bet. Uh, or check if you completely with the flop. That's obvious. Uh, that's possible. <laughs> Were you in position or out of position? Mm, I believe I was out of position here. Always makes it tough. That it does make it tough. Uh, so I end up going ahead and making the call to his all in and whiff everything and miss and look like a jackass. Uh, so and it was not a profitable session. So in a great table at a great casino. Ended up just getting murdered, you know. It would have been funny if you would have told him, Ace, before he turned his cards over, Ace, Queen, no good, and start scooping your chips back. Yeah. <laughs> be like, got you all kicked. I mean, I'm sitting there next to, like, a vlogger that I keep up with. It'd have been great if he, like, he looks over me like, fucking retard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, That's uh, why I study your vlog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. That's where I'm getting all this. So, I mean, the, the uh, Vegas just... Turns out, like, pretty... Well, I guess I'm bouncing around even at this point. Right. Because I've uh, dropped 100 over at Caesars. I won 600 at Win, and I uh, ended up down 370 at over there at World Resorts. So, we end up... Uh, I end up calling it quits uh, down 370 and walking back to the hotel that, uh, that night, which was a... Horrid walk. I mean, from Flamingo to World Re I mean, that is a long as hell walk. So we go uh, end up going back to the hotel and calling it a day there. But I mean, that was really awesome on the second day there to meet so many people that and see so many people that I really was like, holy crap, that's that person, that's that person. And it really is a different environment from Texas. Like Texas, the games are a hundred percent better. They are softer, there's more action, but there's something about being in Vegas where you're seeing all these poker superstars that, I mean, you're like, wow, this is just so cool. Right, it sounds like a great trip, um, but I'm sure that's not even close to being over. Oh, God, no. We're on day two. <laughs> right. Uh, so, it's a, uh, uh, let me bring it up back up. The uh, So, the next day, I start out at Aria. And this is where things go sideways. Mm, boy. Uh, love Aria, one of my favorite poker rooms. I end up, uh, I was like, well, I've already been to win. Let me go ahead and try some over there. And I go over there, and it's a somewhat soft table. Uh, I mean, it's probably an average table for one three. I got uh, someone to my, I got a couple of people to my left who really, who seem pretty with it and know what's going on. There's, one like I'm in the one seat, the nine, the uh nine nine seat is just calling everything. I mean, he's just he's in every single hand calling everything down. And the problem is he's not playing well, but he's just randomly hitting all kinds of crap. He's calling with bottom pair and hitting two pair on like the turn and river every time. Uh, so it's really and I am getting no hands, and when I do, they're bad. I finally end up. In a three-way pot, I have a flush draw. Uh, 
it ends up being bet 50 on the flop. I call, and there's two other people in the hand. No, I'm sorry. There is three other people in the hand. On the turn, I hit the flush. I'm like, bingo. This is my spot. I have seven six of of diamonds that hit the diamond flush. I bet pretty decently sized. Uh, I feel like this turns my hand into basically playing it face up. Which it really did if you're kind of on your game. But I have a seven high flush and there's a lot of river cards. Like if a river's a diamond, this is a uh, disaster if I don't bet here. So I'm like, well, you know what? If everybody folds, I'm just taking what's already a sizable pot down. And if I get calls, then, you know, all the better. (laughs) I bet, and a guy tanks to my direct left for a while and ends up folding. He says uh, he later says he folded a straight, which I do believe. Uh, then it goes around, and both players call. I'm a little worried about another flush, kind of what I was when uh, it got called on the flop all the way around. But I'm like, if I get flushed over flush here, it just is what it is. Uh, the river's a blank, as good a good a blank as it can. I bet pretty big, like two. 200. I might. I think 200 was my all-in. Pretty big bet. The guy tanks forever. Next, uh, the next, the next one to act and ends up folding. The other guy's like, oh god, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, good. He's like, I call. He's like, do you have the ace high flush? I'm like, oh god, that's not what <laughs> you want to hear. So he's. I'm like, no, I've got a flush. He's like, yeah, and just starts. Fucking getting up and screaming and shows a king high flush. I'm like, well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never, never good. Never good when the other player you're in a major pot with starts dancing around the casino. <laughs> so, and things didn't go any better from there. When you get flushed over flushed, I guess, you know. I mean, here's a question. Do I ever, I mean, do I ever check that river? I mean, I don't think so, right? You're giving you're giving up too much value. Well, here's the thing: if you check that river, are you ever folding to a bet, and then also you're losing a ton of value from other stuff that can call you if you don't bet? That would check through. So yeah, I mean, the other guy had two pair and he almost called. So it's, I mean, I, I thought it was a weird way to play a king high flush. I mean, you just, I, are you not re-raising? I mean. Not re-raising the turn there is is a disaster, right? Because if someone has a single ace of diamonds, one, you're not getting any value from them. You've already had like a, a bet and a call. And then if a diamond comes on that river, I mean, it's just turned your basically nutted hand into a complete bluff. I mean, and just a, a horrible hand. I mean, if you're in a major pot. I mean, ace of diamonds seems very likely. Yeah, but I'm sure he just gambled it up right and just yeah. hoping no diamond peeled off um, i won't i mean i will say this one three at vegas is super soft i mean the only thing is is the pots are so small it's hard to let I me mean, by the time you tip and get the rake out of it it's a it's pretty tough i mean but as far as just players know what's going on very very easy game and uh just way more Way more passive than Texas. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Texas, 
people. I mean, if you four bet people, just five bet you on principle, really. <laughs> I mean, so. I will say, like, after 20, 25 hours in the first day, in the first day there, or the first two days there, I don't think I saw it get all in once pre-flop that didn't have aces versus kings. Unless it was you. Unless it was me. My, you know, we know I ace king. I ain't folding. <laughs> Queens is probably going in, especially at these stack sizes. Like that was the weird thing is like if anything, it should get all in way more often with what uh, better range of hands because your stack size is just more or le- more or less going to put you all in. So I found that really weird. Sound weird, but still sound like you had a pretty good time so far. Yeah, I mean, it's never it's never a great time when I dump off six hundred dollars. I mean, it's definitely not what I was going for, <laughs> but I mean, it is Aria. I'm still having a good time. You know, it's uh, like one of my favorite poker rooms. Uh, it was really cool people to play with on that day. So uh, that's to me that really kind of makes the table. Like, if I'm whether I'm winning or losing, like if you're at a boring ass table. Yeah, I mean, you better be winning to have fun. It, but the other guy, like one of my guys to the left was from Texas. There was a girl from Miami who we were talking. And, I mean, it was just a, a kind of a fun table. So exactly. that kind of helped a little bit. I mean, I'd rather lose at a fun table than lose it where everybody's just staring at the, staring at the ceiling and shit. I'm like, you're having fun when you play? <laughs> I haven't had fun in forever. Not always. <laughs> Not always. Uh... So that's that. It kind of ended up there. Uh, my next place I ended up was Caesars, where it was another. It was a very soft game. Oh wait, actually, Aria, there is one more hand that kind of. It kind of relates well back to like Texas. So, I have Jacks. The guy who's kind of been. A little crazy, but he hasn't got it all in with anything that was crazy yet. Uh, he bets, I three bet jacks. He goes, it folds around to him, he goes over the top and goes all in. I think it's for more, I don't ask for a count, and I think I caught, like, uh, did not realize how much many chips he had, and I think it actually should have been a snap call. Because I, I think I three bet to 60. And I think he was all, I thought he was all in for like 320 or something. And I think he was actually all in for like like 200. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Because I, I thought they had taken the 60 out and it already deal, but it, was, it wasn't. Uh, the 60 was included in that stack that he put. And I ended up folding. Because I just hadn't seen anything other than Aces Kings on any all in since I had been to Vegas 1-3. Uh, it probably should be a call there, especially once I realized that the, I had the sack size wrong. Uh, I definitely think that was a mistake. Well, once you say that you've only seen aces and kings all in preflop, probably should fold then. I mean, like, like Vegas one three was super. T- I mean, super tight when it came to that. I mean, you can tell a lot of, pl- of players are playing the lowest stakes and they're doing it to just save their money to gamble. You know they're not, they're not really trying to play for profit as much as they are just trying to like gamble for cheap. Uh, this probably should have been a call against this stack size against this particular guy, so definitely a kind of a tough leak in that game. 
also kind of that note, it also seemed like that lends uh, the Vegas games to more hit and runs, right? I mean, you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we did talk about that. And I, you know, I didn't notice it until you mentioned some, mentioned it so much that there were a lot of hit and runs. I just noticed that there was a lot of, like, new players at the table all the time. And then I realized what was happening. I mean, I really, you know, people are coming and going and all that. But then once you mention that there's, like, a ton of hit and runs, I'm like, oh, crap, you're right. I'm constantly playing with new players. So, it's, uh, no, I saw that a ton. Uh, from there, ended up back at Caesars, at a very soft game for Caesars. The only thing is, everybody was playing with, like, 80 bucks in front of them. Uh, this is another thing where Vegas is very different than Texas. Texas, the match the stack, I mean, you have pots of like, I mean, you have stacks of like $1,000 all the time. You can really get away with playing like even like 6-8 suited, 4-7 suited or something when, I mean, there's a lot of implied odds. And if you hit, if you do flop the nuts, it's a, you can really get paid off. I noticed like a lot, I mean, if a 1-3 game, most of the 1-3 games, DA. Max buy-in was 300. A lot of people lost. There's a ton of hit and run, so the money's that is coming off the table. So you might have the average stack only be $180. It really made the game kind of boring because you really could only, if you're playing really right strategy, you're only playing basically suited Broadway cards. Yeah, I mean, if your opponents only have 180, that's basically all you can do, right? I mean, you're you're really just trying to flop top pair and get paid off on it because i mean you really don't have the implied odds to call even even suited connectors like six seven i mean when the stacks are that shallow not much you can do especially if i mean if you raise 15 i mean the stacks already you know now their stacks 165 i mean even you're really gonna have to get paid off a lot on this and you're gonna have to hit a lot so it really took a long time in the beginning to adjust the ranges to te- uh, from Vegas to Texas poker. So I did find that to be a huge difference. Uh, this Caesars, uh, the next Caesars game, I won $105. Uh, nothing big that I remember. It was just, you know, top, again, like a lot of top pair type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a, but again, it's, I think it was taken. I think that's about the point where I was starting to like realize like some of my mistakes and starting to adjust a little bit because it was when you see the vloggers mention the uh, the Texas deep stack and how like cool it is and how different it is. Until I was playing there, at where the average stacks were so very low, I didn't realize how big of a difference. Like the one three game probably plays bigger than the two five in Vegas, really. Right, I was kind of thinking that, but especially at like, um, you know, 88 or whatever, whenever people buy them for thousands. Yeah, it's a, so like I say, I mean, if you go to Vegas, you really have to kind of adjust your game quite a bit. Uh, From Caesars, we end up downtown that next day. Uh, One of the big things I noticed on the strip too not a lot of promotions or anything. You're uh, if you like bad beat jackpots and stuff like that, you really don't find that. One cool thing 
is when you go to Golden Nugget, you get a ton of like the cool promotions, which not a big thing. But when I'm on vacation, I do like the the option to like you know make a I think Ace Queen of Spades Royal Flush was like three thousand dollars. Now super exact hand, <laughs> but like every straight flush play paid something. If you flop quads or a straight flush, you got five uh five hundred yeah six hundred dollars right from the start. So that was really cool, and kind of at least now you could kind of justify a little bit if a straight flush, any straight flush you uh, flop, you get six hundred, and then if you got any kind of straight flush at all, it's like an extra three hundred, whether it's turned or rivered. So I kind of enjoyed that. It's not something that I think is great, like I need all the time, but on vacation I thought that was a really cool option of downtown because you couldn't get that at the strip at all. It sounded cool. How many straight flushes did you flop? None. Oh. Okay, well, I was hoping this had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, at least it gave me the, like, excuse to, like, play a couple more hands. Because, I mean, I was getting just murdered at the beginning of the trip, not hitting any hands whatsoever, and constantly running up against better hands. So I, I, needed, an, I needed something to kind of make it a little bit more fun. So that golden nugget was at least a kind of a fun, more fun game. Was there a lot of straddles in that golden nugget? Because that's the one-two deep stacked, right? That was a one-two deep stacked. I think it gets a lot deeper stacked, but the table I ha- I was at, not super deep. It's the one that you can. I don't think there's any max buy-in though. But was there a lot of straddles? Did they allow that? They did. There was a straddle every now and then. It's probably about what you're we're used to here. <laughs> so, lately the games i've been playing have been a mandatory straddle oh god yeah that's yeah. a that can add the uh make a game real interesting real quick right well when i buy them for 500 and i'm the short stack yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's gonna well <laughs> that sounds almost like vegas poker at that point <laughs> yeah it's uh but uh yeah it's kind of a uh no hands that I could really think of that happened there. It was a down one thirty, uh, but it was a really cool. It's a really cool room that has a lot of different things going for it. Uh, the next one I go to is a super interesting game. So my buddy got no sleep that next day. This is so we. He's like. The one room I really don't care for in Vegas is the place where I stay, the Flamingo. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just kind of... It's it's off to the side where it's, you can't see anything. And it's older. It's just not as nice as the other rooms. Uh, but he did not get any sleep. He's like, I want to play somewhere where I can just... You know, if I get tired, just run and go to bed. That didn't happen. We go to this room, and it's a super lively game. There's a... A couple people who are three betting. This is it's the most action packed game I've been in since we got there. Uh I'm talking to everybody as I tend to do. The dealer's like, Yeah, I travel and play poker and I'm like, I do that because we're talking about places and I'm like, I like to travel and you know play. And he ends up being poker kraut. He's actually a vlogger. That's cool. So Okay, so he's dealing, but he also is a poker vlogger? Yeah. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Because he's like, I have a vlog. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm sure I would have run by it. I mean, we watch pretty much everybody at this point, at some point. 
So he's not one of the main ones we watch, but I did recognize him after he said something. So we start talking and everything, and really, really cool guy with a lot of cool poker stories. Uh, end up getting pocket aces. He gets an older guy. You can tell he's kind of one of the like, kind of old man coffee type players. I raise and get three bet by him. So you can tell, like, old man coffee three bets you. It's a big hand. Uh, but I end up going ahead and calling. I love this. I, are you in position or opposition? Uh, I am actually in position. I'm, I'm actually in position here. Right. I like this because if you put the four bet in, a player like this will probably fold a lot of his range here. I mean, but, you already yeah. have the two aces. I mean. Yeah, like Jack. I mean, he's probably folding Jack's tens. I mean, like you say, this type of player can fold a lot. And then a lot of flops I can get paid off if it's lower cards. Which it ends up being. It's like a uh, it's a Jack high flop. But, I mean, this guy could have Jack's here. Uh, but if he does, well, good for him. I'm going to go with Mariano's uh, line there. He ends up... He... Checks? No, he bets. I re-raise, and he goes all in. I call. Uh, I'm like, you got pocket jacks? He's no, I, I, I got kings. Uh, I got aces, and it runs out, and take it down. Which, I think it was played pretty well. I mean, it was aces versus kings, so it was going to be the same result no matter what. I mean, even the oldest man coffee is definitely not folding there uh, pre-flop. So it just ended up being aces versus kings. I think it could have ended up well, like, if it had been, like, you know, a queens or something like that. Well, I don't know. He's not folding that either. Yeah. But So I guess it's a hand that just played itself. I well, don't know. I hadn't won much. I'll just give myself credit for anything. <laughs> What's oh, Well, I mean, this is finally one where you get the aces versus pocket kings, so... Oh God, we went through us. I went through such a stretch where it was kings versus aces, or aces versus kings on a king high flop. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, then this happens again. This gets way more tricky. So the guy two to my right is straddling every button. He's raising at least ninety five percent of the time. I'm not sure if I've seen one where he hasn't raised. So the way a straddle on the button works. In Vegas, is it doesn't start off on the small blind. It starts off. It starts off under the gun, and then it goes all the way through, and then it passes up the straddle to the small blind, big blind, and then the straddle acts. So it calls all the way down to the stra- Like it's a, I think six to go, and it comes to me. I end up with pocket aces in the big blind. Super risky here. Very <laughs> multi-way. Uh, but this guy has raised almost every straddle. I just put in the call, and I'm like, I'm going to see what happens. He's like, any checked? No. <laughs> yeah, any checked. And I get fucked. Uh, he, does, he obliges me. He raises it to like 35. Uh, we had kind of gone back and forth a couple times. He... uh. 
it comes to me and I re-raise him again. He goes back to him. He call. He ends up. He kind of tank calls. And I mean, it's gonna be easy because once the pot is there, it's like a like a hundred and twenty left behind. So on the flop, I'm like, obviously I'm all in here. It's uh, he's like, I think you got me, but I call. Uh, he shows pocket tens, and it's and end up scooping. So that was a pretty nice hand as well. Yeah, that that worked out great. Huh? I mean, so. it's easy to play this game when you get pocket aces several times. Yeah, make it look. You make it look easy. I mean, I will say when you get pocket aces several times, they don't get cracked. Very easy game. <laughs> say pocket aces to pocket kings to pocket tens. So, but now, like, we're tired. I want to go to bed. There's this guy like at the end of the table who's just calling everything. I mean, just randomly, just you know, not folding, betting on stuff that he doesn't have, just going crazy with it. But he's buying in like a hundred twenty at a time. I, re- I uh, look over there, and I'm like, you know, it's just some random college kid who's, like, blowing off money. No big deal. I see the guy go to buy in again. He gets stacked again, which happened, like, three times. He reaches in his bag. He pulls out a stack of $100 bills. I mean, it had to be twenty five grand. I was like, holy shit. And I was like, and then I see another player's like look over there, and I'm like, I was about to leave, and I just realized this guy is just having a good time. He's drunk, and he is does not give two shits about money. And I'm like, nobody's leaving the table at this point. <laughs> so I mean, we end up playing until like I mean, it was two two thirty in the morning. I wanna, I was actually ready to go. We end up end up playing until like seven thirty in the morning. It Ooh, was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, nobody was, nobody let, not one person left the table until this guy said he had to go. And I tell you what, he, he dumped a lot of money on the table. I was actually not one of the ones that got him. I had a couple other good hands actually against the better players where, I mean, I just, you know, hit a hit better. I think I hit a straight to two pair. I mean, nothing crazy that I, I did, uh, but, I mean, it was a very weird dynamic when you got one player at the table who is just, like, barreling everything and, I mean, just dumping off a ton of money. How much was he buying in for about? Well, you know, I thought it was, like, only 100 120 but then it was, like, I think it ended up being, like, two, two to 300 I think it got more as it went. So, I mean, it was a super cool guy, too. I mean, we talked for a while. He said he... I don't know. He said he just came to Vegas alone, just to have a good time. I mean, from Atlanta and super cool guy. But I mean, he just did not give. It seemed to give two shits about money. And you know what? If you're gonna be at a po- my poker table and not give two shits about money, I'm gonna stay at that poker table as long as you're there. On that note, we'll conclude this first half of the of the Vegas trip. We'll come back and hear the rest of it. This was the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll see you next week with the rest of Clint's Vegas trip. We're out. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.